Shalom, body of Messiah. Mark Pulley here with Yahweh Yeshua Assembly in Fort Myers, Florida, bringing you another teaching from Yah's Laws and Commandments. I pray that yesterday your Sabbath was good, as we are now entering into the first day of the week. This next coming week, I pray that your week would be a week of ease, a week of great glory, a week of you and I both receiving greater understanding and revelation concerning Yah's laws and commandments. I have a word for you that came to me this morning, so I wanted to get on here and share it with you before I get caught up in my day. You know, it used to be before we came to Torah, Saturday was the day of doing all the chores around the house. And once you become and you see in the scriptures where it says that we are to keep the Shabbat separated, your first day of the week becomes the day of your chores. And so after I'm done here, that's what I will proceed to do. But nonetheless, let's turn to Acts chapter 21 and verse 20. What I want to share with you about is about my belief from the scriptures is that the renewed covenant which some people call the new testament is written it was written in hebrew originally not in greek and i'm going to go over some scriptures and then as we go over some scriptures um, i will give you some understanding of that which i have also, this is going to be like, and we're going to probably get into it a little bit, about peeling back the layers of false teaching. And this would include it because most of us were taught in the church, Bible school, Bible studies, by our apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, and teachers. And as we read the scripture, we thought, because we had a pagan Greek mindset when we read the scriptures, we thought that the New Testament or the Renewed Covenant was written in Greek. But when you have your eyes open and, and the layers of false teaching begins to be uncovered and removed from your eyes, and you begin to learn and see that this script, the scriptures are about a Hebrew Elohim written by Hebrew people, about Hebrew people, and about a Hebrew Messiah who was raised by Hebrew parents. And the whole culture of the scriptures was Hebraic. And when you go back to the Hebrew roots of the scriptures, you begin to see things in a whole different, a whole different light. You begin to see and understand uh, the commandments in a whole different light. When you read the renewed covenant, when you read about Yahshua, you begin to see things in a whole different light. And that is what this teaching is about, is to help those that maybe have not yet come to that place, or maybe they're at the beginning of that place, 
or maybe you're really deep in the Hebraic truth, and this will just, you know, be a blessing, hopefully, to you as well. But in Acts chapter 21, verse 20, it says, Paul spoke to them in a Hebrew tongue, not a Greek tongue, not a Latin tongue, but in a Hebrew tongue. Now, why would he speak to them in a Hebrew tongue? Predominantly, the main reason, even though Paul understood numerous languages, the majority of the people that he was ministering to were Hebraic, were Torah-minded, were Jewish, if you will. They, and, you know, in some places like in Rome, they were Roman, so they would have spoke Greek, um, so on and so forth. In different co uh, communities, they may have had more multicultural cultural languages, but the predominant language of Israel was Hebrew. Just like in America, the predominant language of America, even though many people know numerous languages like Spanish, maybe German, um, Guatemalan, so on and so forth, whatever country they're from, but they also understand English, and English is a predominant language in America, as is um, Hebrew is the predominant language in the land of Israel. It was and it still is today. Now, I'm sure that there are many people speak English in Israel, being I've never been there. It's just when I've watched people on YouTube and talked with people that were from Israel, they confirmed this. So we see here that Paul spoke to them in a Hebrew tongue, okay? Let's go to Acts 22 and verse 2. It says, when they heard that he spoke in the Hebrew tongue, when, he, when they heard that he spoke in the Hebrew tongue, not the Greek. So let's just look at Acts 22 and verse number 2. Let me give me a second here to pull it up on my phone. Um, it says, Men, brothers, fathers, listen to my defense to you now. When they heard that he was addressing them in the Hebrew language, and I know some versions might say Aramaic, they became even more silent, and he said, I am a Jewish man born in Tarsus, in Cilicia, but brought up in this city at the feet of uh, Gamaliel, uh, educated according to the exactness of the law, received from our fathers, being zealous for Yahweh, just as all of you are today. And then he goes into his testimony that he persecuted, and it says, the way... Um, before he had the experience with Yahshua. So when he spoke in the Hebrew tongue, it got the fellow Hebrews' attention. They then began to give him an ear to listen to what he said. And again, notice, if he would have spoken a Greek tongue, 
they wouldn't have paid no never mind to him. They wouldn't have listened to him. All right, Acts 26 and verse 14. It says, when we were all fallen to the earth, and that, that is, you can read that in Acts chapter 9 when Yahshua appeared to them. I heard a voice speaking to me in Hebrew, saying, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And again, notice that he was speaking in Hebrew and not and not in Greek, not in any other uh, language. All right, let's look in um, in John nineteen verse seventeen. John 19, verse 17, it says, And he, bearing his cross, went forth into a place called the place of a skull, which is called in the Hebrew, Golgotha. So why would they be emphasizing, why would John be emphasizing in the Hebrew? Alright, now if you look in John chapter 5, and verse number 2, you see, it says, and there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, Bethesda having five porches. Again, why emphasize the Hebrew tongue and not the Greek? It is because that's what was written. The original scriptures were written, both both testaments were written in Hebrew. Um, again, look in um, Luke 23 and verse 38. And this is at Yahshua's crucifixion. It says, And a superscription also was written over him in letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew. So we do understand and we're not foolish, we do understand that those three languages were in that community. But the predominant language was Hebrew. And think about it. There were, you know, it wasn't like today where uh, the majority of people have a college education. That was the minority. You had to be wealthy and rich to have further education. Most people were in agriculture. They were sheep herders. They raised animals. They grew crops. They were fishermen. They were simple-minded people that only knew one language, and that is the language of the land, which was Hebrew. The language of Israel was Hebrew. It still is today. And it said in Hebrew, this is the king of the Jews. Now, let's go and see if we can find any more verses. Um, let's go to uh, Philippians chapter 3 and verse 5. 
And see, the thing is, concerning this topic, most of us, when we grew up in the church, never ever even thought of researching certain things to see if they were in line with the scriptures. And see, Constantine, he began to change everything, instituted Catholicism, and from Catholicism, Christianity came, and they kept following the same deceptions, the same patterns of thought, which were Greek thoughts, and that's why they celebrate Greek pagan holidays, even in Christianity today, even in you go to places that are word churches, they, they're focused on the word, they believe in the word, they say they believe in the word, and yet they still are participating in and practicing many things that are connected with paganism and that are, were instituted by Constantine and Catholicism, which included all kinds of pagan deities, false worship, and false theologies. And until you come to the Hebraic roots of the scripture and have your eyes open and Yahweh gives you understanding, you will think this is wacky tobacco. But when Yahweh gives you the understanding, when His Spirit opens the eyes of your understanding, that you would know the truth of the original scriptures, that you would know certain things. And we'll get into some of those things that I began to see through the Hebraic eyes and understanding as I began to see that these were in Hebrew roots and they were opposite of what the Christian roots, which is the Christian roots are basically in paganism. And I know for those that are in Christianity that haven't come to this, they, they have a hard time seeing this. And I probably would have too if someone would have said that to me at the time. But nonetheless, we continue. Philippians 3.5 says, Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee. Now this is referring to Paul's um, background. Now just a couple more on this subject. In Revelation 9 verse 11, still talking about the scriptures were written in Hebrew, not in Greek and not in Latin. Now, they were obviously translated from the original Hebrew, and Constantine hired correctors to correct everything that had anything to do with, quote-unquote, being Hebraic or Jewish, because he hated it. He removed everything that, in his eyes, had any connections with the Hebrew roots of the scripture with anything to do with Judaism. He removed the feast. He, he removed Yahweh's name. He inserted the name Lord, which means Baal, which is what he was part of, son, God, worship. 
he instituted the word God, which means Gad, G-A-D, which is the God of fortune, which when you call upon the name of God, that's who you're calling upon, and that's who is going to respond to you. And the name J-E-S-U-S never even existed during the time of the Messiah. Didn't exist, and we all know this, till the 16th century. And so... When you're praying in J-E-S-U-S's name, who are, you pray who are you praying to? It's not Yahshua. It's not the Messiah of the Bible. It's not the Savior that was crucified on the tree for your sin and my sin. We need to grasp that. And it says in Revelation 9-11, And they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon. But in the Greek, his name is Apollon. A-P-O-L-L-Y-O-N. Apollyon. I'm not real good at pronouncing some of these names, so forgive me. But nonetheless, why would it emphasize in the Hebrew tongue? Now, I do see that it also emphasized in the Greek tongue. And we do know that there were fellow Greeks at this time that were born from above, and that is probably why that was emphasized here. But why did Paul never emphasize the Greek? Because he was Hebrew. He was speaking to Hebrew people. See, when we get this understanding, he was born and raised in a Hebrew, Hebrew culture. If you look in Acts chapter 6, in Acts chapter 6 and verse 1, we'll see this. It says, In those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there was a murmuring of the Grecian or Greek against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in daily, daily ministration, meaning they pass out food daily to the widows, which is what the body of Messiah should be doing. But it, it reveals that there were certain Greek Hebrews. They might have born, were born in Greece or of a Greek descent, but they were Hebrews. And they were complaining against the native-born Hebrews, that the native-born Hebrews were, were accepting preferential or having preferential treatment, which could be or not could be, I wasn't there. But nonetheless, it reveals to us that the, the main culture was Hebraic. Was Hebraic. So, I mean, that's just a few scriptures and again, I'm not a theologian, and but just by simply, I'm a simple black and white kind of guy. I read it in the scriptures, it means what it says, and I understand what it says because of what it is saying. It is clear, precise, and to the point. And so with what I just look at as common sense theology, he referred to 
And the scriptures have in there Hebrews. Why? Because the multitude were Hebrews. Think of this. The disciples, they were all Hebrews. They lived in Jerusalem. They were all Hebrews. Yahshua was Hebrew. Miriam, Hebrew. Uh, Yosef, Hebrew. The culture in their community, we saw in John chapter 5 at the, at the Pool of Bethesda, said in the Hebrew tongue. Why? They were all of the Hebrew culture. Alright? Now, the main language of the whole scriptures is Hebrew. Yes, some spoke in Greek, Greek, excuse me, and Latin, but the majority, but not the majority. The majority spoke in Hebrew. And the majority were he, Torah keeping Hebrew disciples. The, the majority of people that they ministered to were already Torah keeping Hebrew disciples. And they understood that the culture was Hebraic. And that is why people are going back to the Hebrew roots of the scriptures back to the Hebrew roots of faith. When it talks about the faith, it's not talking about walking by a faith. It's talking about the faith, the Hebraic Torah observant faith that Yahweh established at the beginning of time. You know, something I understood recently is that in... Um, here, let's just turn there. Genesis. Genesis. Let's go to Genesis. I believe it's chapter 14. And it's referring to Abram before Abram's name was changed to Abraham. Um, let's see if I can find... Yep, verse 13. And it says... Then the one who escaped came and told Abram the Hebrew. So why did it emphasize Abram the Hebrew? Because Abraham was Hebrew. And something that I came to understand, it says that in Genesis that Abraham kept the Torah. He kept, he obeyed Yahweh's laws and commandments. How did he keep the Torah, Yahweh's laws and commandments, when we thought they weren't, they were only given in the book of Exodus? So obviously, if you, here, let's just, this just keeps coming to me, let's just turn there. Um, Genesis 26 and this is when Yahweh appeared to Isaac. And it says in verse uh, 2, And Yahweh appeared to him and said to him, Don't go down to Egypt. Dwell in the land which I will show you. Dwell as an alien in this land, and I'll be with you and will bless you, for I will give all these lands to you. I will establish the oath which I swore unto Abraham. Now look in verse 5. Because Abraham... 
listened to my voice. Abraham kept my charge. Abraham kept my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. So we see here that the Torah obviously was revealed to Abraham by Yahweh himself, by Yah's spirit. And Abraham, when he left those, the pagan nation he grew up in, he began to listen, hear, and obey Yahweh's laws and commandments. Yahweh revealed to Isaac that his father, Abraham, kept the Torah, kept the laws and commandments, the statutes, or kept the faith. And the faith is referring to Yahweh's laws and commandments. And when you understand that these truths were all the way in the beginning, see, we were never taught these things in Christianity. We were never taught these things from our pastors and from the churches because they did not know them. They were ignorant of the scriptures, and the scripture says that my people perish for a lack of knowledge. And so we were suffering because of a lack of knowledge. And my heart is when I learn something from Yahweh, when it's quickened in my spirit, I share it with the people. I share it with those in our assembly. I share it on Facebook. I share it on YouTube. I share it so that you will see what thus saith Yahweh. It was prophesied over me many years ago that I would speak only what thus saith Yahweh. And I endeavor to do that. Now, many people have a hard time with it because they don't want to hear it. They would rather hold on to the traditions of men, which can either be Christianity or Judaism, because they both, and false religions, they both are loaded with the traditions of men, rather than hearing and listening and being willing to obey Yahweh's laws and commandments. Once your eyes are open, you want to be a person that obeys Yahweh's laws and commandments. Now, we're not perfect. We fall short. That's why we have a Messiah, a Savior, that if any sin you commit and you repent of it, He will forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Okay. Now, back to what I was sharing about the main language being Hebrew. Some may have been educated in more than one language like the Apostle Paul was. But the simple everyday Hebrew were fishermen, were in agricultural farmers, and were sheep herders, so on and so forth. So they were just simple everyday common folk. Like, you know, when you watch a movie of people in the mountains, they are simple, everyday, common folk. They don't, they don't need nothing fancy. My wife and I were simple, everyday, common folk. We're not into anything fancy. I just as soon have some plain spaghetti 
hamburger, uh, broccoli salad, compared to some fancy $40 meal out in a restaurant. Okay, I am personally convinced that the Renewed Covenant was originally was not originally written in Greek, but in Hebrew, as I said, because the majority of the people were Hebrew. Hebrew. Now, is there a scripture that says, Thus saith Yahweh, the scriptures are written in Hebrew? No. But you have to read between the lines. You have to understand the culture of the day. You have to understand who is speaking, who they are speaking to, so on and so forth. My sister Gloria tried to teach me that many moons ago. Even though she's not on the earth anymore, I am very grateful for all the love she showed me. All right. If you go to Israel today, and we talked about this, do the Torah speak, Torah observant people in Israel today, do they speak uh, Hebrew or do they speak Greek or Latin? Now we know the majority of them do speak English, but the majority of them speak Hebrew. So that's something, you know, when you see that, that gives you some more understanding. Just like in America, just like the language is English in America, even though there are many people that speak many other languages, the primary language of this land is English. This also reveals to us, this teaching reveals to us, how little the church knows and how little the church teaches for they teach that the New Testament was written in Greek. More lies and deceptions. I too, when growing up in the church, believed in this and never researched it. You're never taught to research it. You're taught to read the scripture, but if you're taught to see the scripture through certain understanding, that's how you're going to you're going to see it until you get a different understanding. Now I want to share with you just real briefly that there are layers of wrong teaching that need to be pulled. You know how you have an onion and you remove each layer, remove each layer, remove each layer, remove each layer, and that is what we need to do with the wrong teaching that Christianity, Catholicism, and other false religions have taught us. So I just want to go over some real simple, basic things that really illuminated me that if there's this wrong teaching, and, that, and then I began to see it in the scripture, how much more wrong teaching had I received because of my ignorance and lack of knowledge. And when you go to the, the Hebraic roots of the scriptures, you will begin to understand this and see this. And as you begin to read the scriptures, study the scriptures from the very beginning,
you will begin to understand and see things in a totally different light and you'll begin to see and understand the Gospels in a totally different light. Like, for example, did you know that Matthew, he wrote the book of Matthew in Hebrew? That's a proven fact by um, theologians. Now, think of this. Here's one of the... Um, layers that I'm talking about. All right, we see in the scripture from the very beginning, if you read just your normal English Bible, New King James, NIV, ESV, whatever, you will see that every place that had Yahweh's name, Constantine through his correctors changed it and inserted L-O-R-D. So why would he do that? L-O-R-D in the Hebrew means Baal. Because Baal is the main sun god deity that they worship. So they wanted you to think that you were referring to the creator of heaven and earth, Yahweh. But you were really addressing and calling upon on Baal when you said, Lord, I praise you. You're calling upon Baal, not the Most High. When you said, Lord, I worship you. When you said, Lord, I pray in the Lord's name. You are praying and worshiping and praising Baal. When I saw that, I said, man, he was the, the, the devil is crafty, is deceptive. He, he's not going to come right out and say, hey, this is the devil praying his name. No, you wouldn't go for it. But if you thought, that name sounded spiritual, like G-O-D sounds spiritual. L-O-R-D sounds spiritual. That's because they are, but they're of the darkness. They're of the wicked one. Just do your, just do your research. But also notice this, that every place that the Hebrew Bible had the word Baal, Constantine's correctors translated it correctly in the English Bibles as Baal. But he changed. And that's the whole thing. Um, I believe it's Deuteronomy 4 or 5 says not to add to or take away from anything that is in the Scriptures. And if there's something that Constantine... Catholicism and Christianity continues to do is to hold on to things that were taken away and changed from the original scriptures. When you see that, that Yahweh's name around 7,000 times was changed, even though the scripture says not to do that. Most people just accept it. Another one that was institutional in me seeing just how off Christianity is and how off I was in participating in Christianity is that all the holidays that they celebrate are rooted in paganism. And they are holidays of sun god deities 
when you see that, you will not participate in it. Now, it may take some time to totally eradicate it out of your life, but you will begin going in that direction. Another thing that I began to see is that they taught, meaning Christianity taught, that Yeshua died on Friday and was resurrected Sunday morning. But the scripture says that he'd spend three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. You cannot get three days and three nights in the heart of the earth from Friday to Sunday morning. So somebody's off in their theology here. And then when you research it, you find out he was crucified on Passover, which was on a Wednesday that year, and that he was laid in the tomb, and he resurrected at the end of Shabbat, which is Saturday sundown, and at sundown starts the new day, biblically speaking. So he was resurrected Sunday morning, but it's what we would call Saturday evening. And when you understand that, when you understand these things, you know, it just gets you to research it and you come up with this mindset. How much more have I been deceived in? Here, let me share just a few more things that really, that really uh, helped me and hopefully this will give you some understanding to peel back the layers of deception and lies that Christianity and churchianity and Catholicism has instituted. Um, the feast days. It says the feast days are forever. Christianity says they were nailed to the, to the tree and you don't need to observe them. But see, the scripture says these are forever. Yahweh said these are forever. So who are you going to believe? Yahweh, the Most High, the Almighty, the All-Sufficient One? Or are you going to believe what Catholicism translated, Constantine instituted? And so you can trace all this mindsets of pagan Greek theology in Christianity back to Constantine. It didn't exist before then. The early believers kept the feast. The early believers kept the Sabbath. That was the other thing. That was another main one with me, that the Sabbath was sundown Friday to sundown Saturday, and that if we're, how we are known to be his disciple is by keeping the Sabbath. And I'm telling you, when you keep the Sabbath, there is so much blessing and peace that comes to you that I never possessed beforehand. Same way with everybody that I know that has totally committed to observing the Sabbath to the best of their ability. And they have departed from observing the pagan sun god. See, Sunday means the worship of the sun gods. Constantine instituted Sunday as a day of rest to honor and worship the sun gods, not the creator of heaven and earth, 
but the sun gods. When you research that and you see that, you say, I'm not having anything to do with it. And to this day, I will not have anything to do with pagan sun god worship. And when it's re exposed to me that I have, I renounce it immediately. I, matter of fact, did some research on a, a prayer of renouncing Catholicism in Christianity. And someone wrote out an awesome prayer in the name of Yahweh, in the name of Yahshua, as renouncing all those pagan structures and belief systems. Um, another um, thing is we talked about the feasts, um, but those are just a few. Those are just a few of the main <coughs> things that I saw. Well, another one was, have no other gods before me. And when I read the commandment, it said not to have any image or likeness of anything that is above the earth, upon the earth, or below the earth. And at that time, I was having a lot of um, experiences seeing spirits in our living room. And I couldn't understand why. But then I read a teaching by a person that talked about that if you have things that are dedicated to sun god worship and that violate images that are from above the earth, upon the earth, or below the earth, like we had things from the sea, starfish in our house, that opened the doors to the demonic. That opened the doors to marine spirits. And they could come and they could go as they pleased. And they did to torment me. And so we had pictures of the, of, of the sun. We had pictures of the moon. We had pictures of things. And when we saw that it said, have no image, I just, I wasn't taking any chances because I hated having those dreams. We began to remove it all because our house has a beach theme. My wife decorated it with a beach theme. So we removed all those things and we we bought new art that did not violate having other gods before you. And see, much of today's art that people don't get are creating gods and false gods, images of gods, images of things that Yahweh said not to have. And so when you deal with that, you renounce it, you destroy it, you get rid of it, it will, it, you know, you will just get in right standing. And sure enough, it, it, it took away the open door. Now every once in a while the enemy tries to blast me, somehow he breaks through and I have one of those dreams and I just renounce it. And command him, be thou removed. You have no legal authority here. And see, you can say to the enemy, he has no legal authority. But if you're giving him legal authority through deception, he still has legal authority to come and torment you and harass you. So I just pray that you would read the scriptures through Hebrew eyes and not through a Greek pagan mindset that all of us were taught for centuries in Christianity, and that we would all come back to Yahweh and the Hebrew roots 
of the original scriptures. So, you know, I pray that this helps, helps you, helps someone. I pray that it encourages you. I pray that it would give you food for thought. That, you know, the original scriptures, whether you call it the New Testament, renewed covenant, it's all actually only one covenant. It was just renewed when Yahshua came. And Yahshua came to get us back to the original covenant of Yahweh's laws and commandments. That's the whole purpose of the New Testament. To get us back to obeying Yahweh's laws and commandments, just as Abraham did, just as Isaac did, just as um, Jacob did, Isaiah did, Jeremiah did, so on and so forth. Paul did, Peter did, so on and so forth. And so I pray that this enlightens you, gives you some understanding, and that it's not written in Greek. It was translated from Hebrew into Greek, but they translated it according to their Greek theologies, to their Greek belief systems by Constantine and Catholicism. And so I just pray that, as I did, that you would step out in faith, and that you would begin to believe the Hebrew roots of the scriptures and follow whatever the Hebrew Bible says. Walk by faith in it. Step out in faith. Obey it. And you will find when you obey Sabbath, when you obey the commandments, when you obey the feast days, when you obey whatever thus saith Yahweh, when you do not participate in the customs of pagan nations, when you, do not, when you do not participate, Jeremiah 10 to, in the customs of pagan Christianity, you will find there will be a whole nother world and realm of revelation awaiting for you to see and to understand and to walk by faith in. So until next time, may Yahweh keep you, may Yahweh bless you, may Yahweh open the eyes of your understanding to the Hebraic roots of the scripture, and that you would grow and increase in your understanding and knowledge of Torah, of Yahweh's laws and commandments, and that you would walk by faith, and you would do your best to keep and observe all that is commanded. And if you fall short, praise Yahweh that we have a Messiah, we have a Savior that will cleanse us with His precious blood, when we fall short. But praise Yahweh, Yahshua said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If we love Yahweh, if we say we love the Creator of heaven and earth, we will keep His commandments. Until next time, Shalom, Shalom.